This conversation originally aired on Koinonia, which can be heard Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 in Phoenix or online at faithtalk1360.com. Thrive Financial, a sponsor of Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ, and specifically this program. I'm grateful to them for that sponsorship, but to be quite frank, I'm also a member. And the reason is not because they're a sponsor of my show, but because of what they do in the community. I was struck by a brochure that they were actually at an event for our sister station, 960 The Patriot. I was the MC for this big political gathering. And I saw this and I thought, man, I'm missing something here. This can't possibly be a financial institution. So doing what I do as an inquisitive person, I say, I went to the account executive and I said, hey, I'd like to talk to these guys. Uh, can you get them in here? Well, that's when I met Peter. And uh all the tough questions I had, like, are you serious? I mean, seriously, uh, give generously, you know, live generously for a financial institution. Is that really what you guys are about? And the more I learned, the more enamored I became. Peter? Yeah, and I think it comes down to this, Tom, that the greatest issue that we have as a culture, and you probably know this for yourself, and you know this for people around you, is that we're not wise with money. Mm. And when we're not wise with money, it impacts those we love, it impacts our life, and it impacts our generosity. And, you know, one of the things that we tell uh, the folks who work with us, our financial advisors, is first help people be wise with money. Help them understand what their worldview is, what their view of money is what influence it has in their life and then begin to unpack for them, whatever that means to them, what generosity is Hmm. because you can't go the other way around. You can't lead with a generosity because then it evokes a feeling of guilt because people realize that they're not wise. They just spent money on a big screen TV that they didn't need. And then they have someone come and ask for a donation and they can't give because, um, they're not wise. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have the things in our life that make life pleasurable, but we shouldn't do it at the expense of being wise and thoughtful and predictive for our future. There's also a maintenance component. Uh, And what I mean by that is at one point I had made a decision on life insurance and I don't even remember how long ago that was. Right. But then you and I talked about getting a life insurance insurance checkup. Checkup. Right. I thought, well, yeah, that sounds like a reasonable request. In fact, that was September, I think, a year ago, ago. Uh almost a year ago. And, hmm, yeah, there's some issues here. And, you know, in your mind, you're thinking, oh, well, I'm this, I'm that. Uh, you, You start answering for somebody else without actually asking the question. Right. You know, you make assumptions about, well, I, this is going to be too expensive. I can't afford that. Right. It was literally right. a check. Here's where you are. Right. Okay, here's my budget. This is what I know I can do. 
uh, how does that help? And it's, actually, I'm not spending what I gave that budget. I it's mean, typically expensive in someone's mind, Tom, and not maybe for you, but for a lot of folks. When their wisdom quotient hmm. around money isn't very wise. And then it becomes it becomes an expensive proposition to take care of my family because no one really has taught me the value of money and the purpose of money in my life, that it isn't to be stored and uh, it's not an end in itself. It's a means mm-hmm. to an end. And yeah. then that end is, de- is de- decided by you and your financial advisor and your wife and your pastor and, and between you and God. I simply don't have any concerns. If something happens to me, I know I'm covered now. Right. You're taken care of. I thought I was covered before. Right. And it it wouldn't have been bad, but it wouldn't have been great either. Right. And it just simply took, you know, a few hours over a couple of weeks of my time. Look, you know, we some of us have children and mm. um and we're often asked, should we insure our children? And My comment to that is, if one of my children passed away, the money that's on their life, life insurance-wise, isn't just to bury them. It's to get me counseling. Mm -hmm. Because if something were to happen to them, I'd be devastated. And it's the same thing for any of us. Those who are left behind, you and I have talked about this before. Your father, my father, Mm -hmm. we've talked about this before, that uh, without the life insurance that someone had sold them some time long ago, without that, I wouldn't be sitting here with you, perhaps you either. That's a huge benefit to my family. Absolutely. And at some point, we need to take a look at our life. And and to me, it doesn't come down to, um, I don't trust God if I have life insurance. That's silliness. God provides uh, people to provide things in your life. Uh, we've we've all heard those stories about the about the the guy who who was stranded and you know God sent helicopters and boats and and the guys I'm just gonna wait for God to come and get me right yeah yeah well he drowned yeah uh, God sent all kinds of things to help him and he didn't recognize it. I find it a greater miracle uh, for God to move in hundreds and thousands of people's lives to learn and have the skills and. Uh, the education and the wisdom and the willingness to provide a service or a good that I need to be healed, to be protected, to be whatever. It's easy for God to just do, uh, you know, an in-touch miracle. I think it's incredible that he can use literally hundreds and maybe even thousands of people to bring together for this moment in time when I needed this Right then. And and you know what's really interesting about that as you as you further your your metaphor, perhaps the insurance that was on my father's life wasn't for me. Hmm. Perhaps it was for someone who I touched, or my brother touched, or my sister touched, or someone that was in connection with me touched a long time ago, or is yet to touch yet. Because that's the way God works, right? Mm-hmm. Right. God doesn't say to you, Tom, I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to set you here, and you're going to do this. Uh, but God uses the circumstances of life to weave God's wisdom into right. it. I've used the analogy for uh, sharing the gospel that uh, not everybody is a Billy Graham, but you know what? Billy Graham was sitting in the audience 
somewhere at some point in time. Right. And that person speaking wasn't Billy Graham. Right. right. So you don't And know. you know what? It may not even have been the person who was speaking that spoke to Billy Graham. It That's could true. have been the, the bathroom attendant who's who spoke grace to him. Yep. At a break. You never know. See, that's that's how God works. Absolutely. Live generously, give generously. This whole concept of a financial institution, and and I'm saying this, you know, already knowing the answer, but are you guys for real? Look, Tom, we want to change the conversation about money. You know, we want to change the conversation about money. Money is not a means to an end. It's a tool. The tool to do something significant in your life, to do something uh, meaningful and purpose-filled, whatever that looks like for you. Uh, The conversations that we have about money from a lot of financial institutions is about um, hoarding it up, saving it up, uh, making sure that when we get to it, we have a lot of it. Uh, For what? Mm -hmm. For what purpose? Yeah, I met this woman on a plane a couple of years ago, and she was busy telling me about, and I was exhausted. I've told you this before. She was busy telling me all things that she has in life, all their homes and Sausalito and Scottsdale. And, and I finally looked at her and I said, to what end? I said, what do you have all this for? And she just looked at me cold and said, well, what do you mean? I go, well, you can't take it with you. What's the purpose of it all? And she goes, well, what do you do? <laughs> and I said, well, I get to work with people just like me and you to help them be wise with money so that the, what they have in life has a greater purpose besides just building it up for what? Mm-hmm. I, I think there is some, there's some wisdom there and no one teaches us about this. We kind of, some, sometimes we stumble into it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we, we find our way through to it by making a lot of mistakes in our life. But what if we had a financial institution that was trying to help you from the moment that you were a, a, a person who had money in your pocket to start thinking about it wisely. So I teach advisors about, you know, there's four buckets of of money that when it comes into your house, you put your money into four buckets. One is to donate to whomever and whatever you want, and you figure out that percentage. Another is to save to save. Save it for uh, your retirement Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to live off your friends and your family and the government. So 401k, an IRA, something. The the next bucket is save to spend. This is a bucket that you're going to save money into so that you can buy an air conditioner on your house mm-hmm. so that you don't have to use what if the air conditioner goes out? Your credit card, right? Right. So, And the final bucket is spend. And the reason why I do it that direction from donate to spend is because 95% of us spend first mm-hmm. and then save. Yeah. And only 5% of us save first and then spend. But what if it were reversed? Yeah. What if we taught people to save first and to donate first and then spend what was left over? What if? Right. That's what we're getting at. And I don't know that it's a conscious thing initially. It certainly is unconscious now. I do that by rote. I don't even see the money that hasn't already gone to church. It's gone to my savings. All of that before I ever see a penny, that's all been taken care of. Do you know why you figured that out? Perhaps. Because you learned that if you didn't do it that way, it wouldn't be there. That's right. I'll spend it. Because 95% of us spend first and then save. I absolutely. I'm the spender of our household. Right. And I still lament some of the expenditures that I've made that my wife now is having to pay for, if you will, because as she's approaching retirement before me, we have fewer options because of my 
past. So, spending. Tom, you are exactly the person that we're, we work with, and you are articulating exactly the reason why we exist so that you don't make those mistakes. What if we had got you 20 years ago? Man. And helped you, uh, and helped you on a wise path with money because no one teaches us about money. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, we, we do. We kind of learn through culture, through media, through a good or a bad example from our parents. We, no one teaches us. If somebody wants to find out more about Why Thrivent, what are they? Yeah, whythrivent.com or thrivent.com. Thanks for your time. You're welcome. You know, I read tons of well, not tons. Literally, I read a lot. Uh, I read a lot of books, and I am fascinated uh, by the literary style of our next author that's going to join us here on Koinonia. I, I just love this book, and I can't wait to share it with you. So that's next. Tom Gehring is on next. You're listening to Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. For questions or comments, please email Tom at faithtalk1360.com. That's Tom at faithtalk1360.com.